Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Greeny's opinion, a week from tonight when he's sitting on the set in Cleveland, we'll see if that's the pick he's analyzing after Roger Goodell announces it. The draft a week from tonight. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline a half hour away from Monday Night Football's Lou Riddick, the draft on ESPN and ESPN Radio, which Bart Scott will be taking part, along with our Kevin Nagandi, L. Duncan, and Mike Tannenbaum. All right, guys. This What's is up? An- Talk to me, Zuma. All right, so we've been spending so much time talking about quarterbacks, but I want to go to another position. Most of our time over the last few days has been spent talking about quarterbacks with the 49ers. Yes. I do want to emphasize 49, as yes. in 49 years ago, the Denver Broncos selected Riley Odoms, It's the highest ever selection, top five pick in 1972, highest ever selection for a tight end in NFL draft history. How did that work out? Not sure. I'm not fully (laughs) versed on his career. But the idea that probably we're all hearing his name for the first time probably tells you exactly what kind of career he had. The reason I bring this up is because here we go nearly a half century later. Yeah. It's Kyle Pitts of the University of Florida. I'm going to give you a comment here from Mel Kuyper Jr. on exactly how important it is for some team to recognize this guy, recognize this guy's value and the rarefied air he's living in. But just quick couple things about Kyle Pitts. A lot of people don't realize. Number one. In high school, he was a quarterback and a linebacker. Never played tight end. Yes. Never played tight end. They're talking about him being the greatest tight end to ever enter the NFL draft. I think Bart might disagree with that more on that Very in just good a athlete. second. Right. But he was a quarterback and a linebacker in high school. He played at Archbishop Wood just outside of Philadelphia, and he goes to Gainesville. So just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Just keep that in mind. Never played the position until he really got really ingrained in the college game. Mel Kuyper Jr., on the type of specimen we're looking at at this position, unprecedented in tight end evaluation. Number mm. one, and I go back to Kellen Winslow Sr. When I first started in this business, coming out of Missouri, had a tremendously high grade. Kellen Winslow Jr. did as well, wow. Vernon Davis. But after all said and done, and the grades are finally in, they're written in pen now, they're etched in stone, Kyle Pitts is the highest rated tight end ever. Key, you said yesterday you just couldn't select him that high if big-time franchise-altering quarterbacks are there. So what do you make of the fact that this guy is being talked about in this level of effusive praise? And if he is as good, if he is as good as Mel and others say, how do you defend a guy like this? No, the thing is, is Mel's grade on him is the highest grade because that's what Mel sees. And he understands that he's been doing it for a very long time. He's graded every single tied in that's ever played in the game. Right. I mean, it's just, that's just, but if I have a quarterback that is, like you said, franchise altering for the future, I'm not taking a damn tight end. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. No matter how No matter because, because, first of all, he's only going to touch the ball a handful of times. A quarterback's going to touch the ball 50 times a game. Let's just give it that number. The receiver tied, receiving tight end, if he's lucky, he'll get eight targets a game which he'll catch five of them, okay, on an average. Is that franchise changing? Kyle Pitts to a team like the Miami Dolphins, sitting where they're sitting, makes sense because they need that position to pair with what they already have because he could be a force to be reckoned with. But if I'm the Atlanta Falcons and I'm looking at four, 
I don't take a tight end. I take a Justin Fields if he's there or a Trey Lance behind Matt Ryan or I move out of the spot and allow somebody else to come up and take a shot in a swing at Kyle Pitts. It's just – it's not anything against Kyle Pitts. It's more about the premise of where I'm drafting at and what my needs are. That's all it is. Kyle Pitts could be the number one overall pick if that's what they need. But if that's not what they need, then why would you do it? I mean, sometimes when you look at Kyle Pitts, you know, you have to look at him differently. And I think Mel Kuyper and Todd Mache, they're looking at him and they're saying, hey, he's a tight end. He does things that we've never seen before. But what he is is he's a tweener, right? And we discussed yes. this a little yes, bit he's before. A he's a receiver that's too big to be a legitimate receiver. He doesn't have the short area quickness to be able to get off like – to get past like – quick corners or elite corners, but then he's too fast for safeties. And so, so so he's got receiver skills. To me, I look at Darren Waller. We already see his comp in the NFL already. Darren Waller, who, you know, um, started off with the Baltimore Ravens, was a bit of a receiver. You know, you look at their measurable 6'6", six, six, you think about the 4'5". Like, he's only 240 pounds. So, you know, he's, he, listen, he ain't going down there and, and blocking Justin Houston. He ain't messing. He's going to get mad dog within the box. <laughs> so, like, you already got to say that he's a receiver. So, now you're going to put teams in big sub, or you got to draft a, a tight end that's going to be your blocking tight end because he's not going to be the guy that's going to continuously set the edge. But, you know, I can remember, you know, the, the Antonio Gates, the basketball guys of the world who, you know, Antonio wasn't going to block nobody. You know, Tony Gonzalez wasn't going to block nobody. You know, but they were just glorified receivers who are the biggest mismatches in the game if you can get them open in space. But when you need them to do the dirty work, you call somebody else to do that. You put them on combo blocks, use the athleticism to help you get the edge, capture the edge. So, like, he's a tweener. Now, um, I kind of differ uh, – I'm kind of – on the fence because I think if Atlanta has an opportunity to get him, he can be a finishing piece, right? Because you think about what they already have. You know, they already got Hayden Hurst, who's a kind of a pass-catching type of tight end. He's a guy that can put them over the top, right? He's a guy that – because now you got two guys that's a tough mismatch. But that depends on what you feel about Matt Ryan. If you think that Matt Ryan got three more years left, you say, hey, I'll address the quarterback position. I'll try and go one more time to try and win a Super Bowl with Matty Ice. But if I have this – could you imagine Julio Jones – Ridley, you can think about uh, Hayden Hurst and then a guy like Pitts. You know, you, everybody wants that coveted two tight end position because it's the hardest personnel to match up against. Because if you decide to go small, even at 240, he can be a killer against a nickelback, right? He can be a killer. He can, he can go block a 185, 205-pound guy. But if you decide to stay out there with linebackers, you break the formation, and then now he's, he's a mismatch open in space, and he's an easy target, especially for a young quarterback. But if you have a defense that has a covered down linebacker, who can cover a three-down guy, yeah. then that mismatch goes away. Yes, if I'm Atlanta, you can utilize him. But if I'm also Atlanta, I can move down and I can still get me a second tied in that is a pass catcher. There's no question about it. I don't. When you look well, at the history of the position at tied in, you don't have to take a guy in the first round, at the top of the first round. Yeah. Just look at the history of the position in the National Football yeah. League, especially – in this day and age, when we have so many, Zubin, yep. so many pass-catching tight ends that have flourished in this league. I yep. mean, you don't; you, they, these guys are going in the second and third, the fourth and fifth rounds yeah. and turning into Hall of Fame yeah. caliber tight ends. Yeah. And to buttress your point, I, I 100% agree with you. I was just looking this up on my phone to yeah. make sure I got this totally accurate. Here's the thing. 
Kyle Pitts is great, but I'm kind of with Bart. It's just a little bit difficult to imagine if I had to put $100 down right now, if I went to Vegas and I put $100 down right now, and you said to me, is Kyle Pitts going to be better than Travis Kelsey? Considering what I've seen from Kelsey the last two years, right. unpre- unprecedented. And who's type- throwing him the ball now, the type of offense he's Correct. in is built. I don't think he's going to be better than Waller. But, you see, I'm, 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 I'm in, I'm in um, draft prep. So I got draft stuff even here that I'm on this show. I got draft stuff everywhere. The difference is in why Kyle Pitts is going to be drafted super high. It's because when you look at the top five you know, uh, tight end picks, it's nobody else even close to him within his draft. It is not a tight end rich draft. So if you want an elite tight end that can, and you need a tight end, he's the guy that you got to go get. It's so much value in a receiver position right now. Right now, the, the wide receiver position is the position that's like the, the, the running back used to be in it back in the day. Wide receivers come in now more ready for the pro game than ever before because the college game has changed and everybody's throwing the ball. Everything is wide open. So they know how to get off jams. They know how to play the X. They know how to play the Z. You can put them in a slot. It's so much value there. If you can't get uh, Kyle Pitts, you don't get another Kyle Pitts in this draft, period. And to Butcher's Key's point, Kelsey in the third round, Kittle in the fifth round, and there's a chance he won't be as good as either of those two, and you got those two later in the draft. Those are day two or later selections. This is Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. On the way, the European Super League didn't last super long. Just a couple days. So that inspired us to think of the shortest tenured things in all of sports. Wait till you see the list we came up with, and we'd love to get your thoughts as well. All in the way after Key has this from Hulu. Still pounding on that remote control night after night. Hulu has all the shows and movies you love. And before you ask, do they have The Handmaid's Tale or Grey's Anatomy or Sports Center? The answer is simply yes. Whether you're into live sports or news, or award-winning originals and premium channels, it's time to have Hulu. Hulu plans to start at $5.99 for thousands of shows, movies, and Hulu originals. And you can add other premium channels and live TV. And it's all on the same app, so you're not having to download a million different things. Keep the drama on your TV and keep streaming. It's simple. It's time to have Hulu. Restrictions do apply. Hulu Buckets! Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Thank you. I couldn't find my skinny mic, Bob Barker style. I love Bob Barker. But, beat, uh, beat the hell out of Alex yes. Taylor. Plead, uh, please uh, spade and neuter your animals. Keep everybody responsible. Here's the deal. We're going to talk about it in just a second. I think the European Super League, I think by the time Jay Reynolds finished reading that story in his Sports Center All Night Update, <laughs> the league was over. <laughs> so here's the point. If you're not following soccer, you're into that other football, which we are all as well. Bottom line, 12 of Europe's biggest soccer clubs are going to come together, and they were going to form a Super League However, a half dozen teams from England, part of the English Premier League, the top flight, most popular soccer league in the world, pulled out. A couple of Italian clubs pulled out the other day as well. Before we get to its short-lived tenure, I just want to mention the reason this league folded, and you got to give a ton of credit to a group of people that oftentimes are used as cliches and pawns, and that is fans. How many times have I heard we have the best fans in the world? It's all about our fans. Couldn't have done it without the fans. Please. They only care about you as a fan if you're a season ticket holder, right? Right. What happened in England was the fans of these clubs, and they have diehard fans, essentially said, this cannot happen. Because remember, the 12 teams that got into the European Super League, they didn't have to do anything to earn it. They were just put in there. And the ideal of soccer over there is you have to earn it. If you're not good, you get relegated. You get moved down. You miss out on a ton of money. So these teams are just propped up, and the fans said, no, this is not the ethos and the culture of how soccer is run. So millions of fans had more power than John Henry, than the Saudi family that owns some of these teams, the Glazers, who own Manchester United. Shout out to the fans for actually bringing this league to its knees before it started in a world in which we know in most cases the fans don't really matter until here where they fanned the flames and unbelievably made it happen. Congrats to them. All right, Ev. So it lasted a couple days. We're going to run through some other incidents in sports that had short-lived tenures. And our job is to sort of figure out over, under, without going over yeah. exactly Price how long right they rules. lasted. Price is right rules. you got to figure out how long they lasted. How long did it last is brought to you by Mortal Kombat. See it in theaters and on HBO Max tomorrow. Rated R. Bill Belichick as head coach of the Jets. How long did it last in hours? Wow. Okay, so how long does it take to write HCNYJ on a napkin? I would say about 10 seconds, but I I think I know everybody says the urban legend is it, not the urban legend, it lasted a day, so I would say 24 hours, if it's a day. Okay, so now I go. You go. I would say being on the team and being part of that and being at the actual press conference when he decided to NYJ and I'm no longer going to be the head coach, I would say it was a 24-hour-a-day deal. How are you going to get it wrong? You was there. I'm going to go probably 18 hours. We're being technical, right? Because if he said it at, at, at 12 o'clock the next day and he yeah. agreed to it at 5 o'clock, I'm going, matter of fact, I'm going 15 hours. It's 24 hours. Keith was there. Uh, I said 24 hours. He didn't exactly. even get the point. It was a day. <laughs> All right. I was there the day it happened uh, no, and I, the day it didn't happen. Research. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan's first days. stint with the Mavericks. How long did it last? DeAndre Jordan's first stint with the Mavericks in terms of days, Key. The first stint with the Magic? Ah, uh, see. The Mavericks. Mavericks. I mean, the, the, the Mavericks. Um, oh. Okay, because he signed 
I'm just trying to put it in my mind. Eh, eh, no, hold on. Calm down. No, man, I'm thinking. <laughs> he was going to sign with the Clippers, but then he didn't. He signed with the Mavs. And his, he fired his agent. He went back and re-signed with Doc Nim. I would say that took about eight days. Bart? Uh, can I phone a friend? No. Okay. <laughs> Hard wants a lifeline. That was about eight days, if I can recall. I'm going to go five days, Bob. Okay, so this is what Key's talking about. You remember, remember this. The Mavericks are hanging out are outside you're of You're supposed to answer. You're you, you, you contestant now. You're damn contestant now. You're contestant now. But do you remember this? Yes, I just told the story. Right. You're going to repeat the same thing I said. Except you left out all the details. No, like, it was <laughs> great what I did. <laughs> Mark Cuban hanging outside of his house, wouldn't let him leave. All right, I'm going to put the Bart method, Drew Carey style here. Shout out to Modern Day Prices, right? I'm going to go just under Key's eight days and go four days. Bart's right. Uh, six days. Bart closes without uh-huh. going over. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. Don't, I, don't what did about, I say? Bro, eight you days. over. You what over. was it? Yeah, what was over. the actual You day? said eight it days. Was six days. Bart got it at five. Okay, so whatever. You All said right, eight. Okay, showdown rules. You can't go over. No, Mike Piazza with the Marlins. Five, uh, I, how many games? Uh, I guess I'm first this time. So, oh, Bart. so Bob, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go seven days, six. I don't even remember this tenure. It was so short. But if uh, if Evan gave me a hint there, I'll go five. I did right on the number <laughs> five. Cheating. Yeah, Threw me off with the story about DeAndre Jordan. Oh, Peter Rosenberg's God. reign as the WWE 24 ah. seven champion. I think Bart should know this. So I'm going to go with Bart first in terms of hours. Peter Rosenberg's reign as WWE champion. I'm going to go four hours, Bob. Okay, so it happened at WrestleMania on a Sunday night. I think it was over by Monday. I'll go reverse Bart strategy here. I'll go over instead of under. I'll go five hours. Three. 20 hours. <sighs> so it was the night before and then uh, during the Michael K show <sighs> is when... Uh, is when he lost it. He should have done it on Hot Night. So did I win right. it? Key, seconds, Bart Scott in the ring with Kurt Angle. <laughs> so Bart's got to get this one right. <laughs> I don't, 10. It's minutes, 10 hours. I, I don't even, I don't. Seconds, kn- in seconds. Said, oh, I seconds. said 10 seconds. Okay. I don't remember. What did he say? He said 10 seconds. Yeah. So you, bro. <laughs> Go ahead, Zubin. 18. I'll go 19. Bart gets it. 59 seconds. Wow. Yeah. From I didn't tap time, out quick. From I didn't the time tap out he quick. got into the ring to the time he tapped out, 45 of those seconds was Bart smack talking. Bart is doing the okie doke on us. He's purposely going last. So when we pick something artificially oh, no, too you low. Did, you did it last time. <laughs> All he right. just goes one of them. Zubin. Magic Johnson as head coach of the Lakers in number of games. Okay, he was the head coach, I believe, for 11 games. I think. I could be wrong about that, but that's back when nobody had a cell phone. He it's took the easy. cell phone out, threw it against the wall. Uh, I'm going to say 11 games, so maybe that's 20 days. Yeah, I'm cheating. 16 days. I mean, 16 games. 15 days, Bob. 
So, so it was supposed to be number of games. Zubin gets days. No, I can't. He gets it because games. he nailed it with 16 yeah, games, but he I, also gets it right because he's the only one who guessed the number in terms of games. Days and dates. Days and dates. <laughs> Come on, All man. Right. How can I get that wrong? It's in, the Lakers. In, in terms of number of days, Key, number of days, Billy Donovan with the Magic. Oh. Billy Donovan as head coach of the Orlando Magic in number of days. Two. Four. I'll go five, Bob. <laughs> Zubin nailed it. Four days. Well, I, could, yeah, right. I could pick four. It was a Rash- good choice, by the way, by Billy. <laughs> Rasheed Wallace played Ooh. one game with the Hawks. Ooh. So Rasheed Wallace time with the Hawks in terms of minutes played. Till he got ejected from that game, probably? Or what? <laughs> uh, 24 minutes, I think. Tricky. It depends when they got him, right? At what point he was in his career. I'll go 18 minutes. Um, being that um, Sheet is my guy, I'll go um, 13 minutes. I think Key gets that one. 42 minutes oh, wow. for Rasheed Wallace in his one game at the Hawks. He was then traded to the Pistons. Any idea? What, what year was that? Do you have oh, that? Oh, man, that's championship. So he was I think still it was the year they won the title. I think it was 04. Oh, gotcha. So he's a key sheet. contributor. Okay. okay. Yeah, George prime. O'Leary as head coach <laughs> oh, at Notre Dame. How many days? Key. Four days. I'm going to go. With his masters. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if, if Indeed is hiring, just remember, make sure your resume is polished. And Indeed, no, I'm kidding. Sorry. Indeed, great sponsor. I'll go a month. I'll go um, 32 days, Bob. Key nails it. Five days wow. he was head coach before it was like resigning. That. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, man. This dude doesn't have a master's. I'm cheating off the wrong person's homework, Zubin. What the hell am I doing? Just like college. All right. Wally Backman, manager of the Diamondbacks. Oh, boy. How oh. many days? The old Mets infielder, Wally Backman. I will say 10 days. He was troubled, that's for sure. 15 days. Want to go 16 days, Bob? <laughs> You all went over. Bart should have just gone with a day. He was only the manager for four days before the New York Times report um, unveiled a lot of issues, as Zubin said. What's his first to six? All right. Bobby Cremens, as head coach of South Carolina basketball, his alma mater. How many days? Okay. So Bobby Cremens, formerly of Georgia Tech, great white mane of hair. I will go with 10. I go three. I'll go Two, Bob. Key nailed it right on it. Three Ooh. days he was head coach at his alma mater. And the final one. The NBA's synthetic basketball. How many days Whoa. did it last in 2006? The synthetic basketball. Who goes first? Goes I, who? I'll go... I'll go a month. I'll guess that they tried it. The players hated it, but they gave it a sample size. I'd go 14 days. i go eight days, Bob. In terms of a month, how many days? Oh. Oh, boy. Do I go 30 or 31 or do I go 28? Couldn't have been in February. Um, I'll go Bart style. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go 30. Key, that would be your turn. 40 right? days. 40. 40 days. So Zubin got it. And that's it. That's how long did it last? Brought to you by Bart Scott. <laughs> the, no, we don't want that brought to you by Bart. Not Call a seller. Brought to you by Chaps. Most important thing here, don't lie on your resume. <laughs> don't lie on your resume, okay? Wait, this football coach says he has a master's. Have we ever ran into that scenario mm. before? No offense to the football players. Gosh. <laughs>
he got over though. He almost he almost pulled it off. Yeah, and I got I got to tell you, he did an amazing rebuilding job. Oh God, stop it! Now you want to clean it up? Don't don't no. Just this is not Sports Center. We're not cleaning it up. No. By the way, do you know you can get Sports Center on Hulu? You you told me that in the last minute. Just discovered that. For the first time, Mr. Monday Night, Lou Riddick, who appears on SportsCenter after all Monday Night well, Games with Scott Van Pelt, is next on the way. But first, this SportsCenter update. <laughs> Steph Curry is mortal. After what we saw throughout the month of April, it's hard to believe that this guy isn't anything but an alien on the floor. Otherworldly, but last night came back down to earth. 18 points in the Warriors' loss to the Wizards. It snapped an 11-game streak of which he had at least 30, which had been the longest streak for anybody at age 33 or elder. But the Warriors are still trying to hang on, get into the play-in round of the playoffs. Lakers star LeBron James backtracking on a tweet he sent Wednesday about the fatal police shooting of 16-year-old black teenager Micaiah Bryant, who was shot and killed in Columbus, Ohio, on Tuesday. We're going to get into this topic in greater detail in just about 15 minutes from now, but LeBron deleted the tweet, then added a couple more tweets to sort of explain why he deleted the original tweet. It's a lot going on here, and again, if you can hang with us, we'll talk about it in 15 minutes. LeBron, of course, never afraid to wade into topics like this. He did again, and will wade into the conversation 7.45 a.m. Eastern as well. The NFL announcing its 2021 schedule release on May 12th. I've always said this before. Whoever your favorite team is, you know the 17 teams. <laughs> they're going to play this season, or 17 games, I should say, they're going to play this season. You just don't know the date, and that's how big the NFL is. People will sit there and carve out an evening just to find out who we're playing in September, October, November. And so that's how big this league is. The regular season slated to begin Thursday, September 9th, traditionally with the Super Bowl champion, in this case, of course, the Bucks draft, by the way, a week from tonight, ESPN, ESPN Radio Sports Center brought to you by Nature Valley, part crunchy, part creamy, a bit sweet and a bit salty. Nature Valley, sweet and salty peanut bars bursting with crunchy peanuts dipped in creamy nut butter coating and 100% delicious. Nature Valley, we are better outside. There is indeed a ton of pressure. Lewis Riddick on the Goodyear hotline brought to you by Goodyear, making you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Great to have Lou with us this morning. Before we get to all the draft chatter, and we will get there in one second, I just want to talk about some actual chatter happening with the Philadelphia Eagles, a squad that you know particularly well, with Nick Sirianni coming out yesterday and essentially saying, look, um, Jalen Hurts is not going to be anointed the starter. He's going to have to earn it, which is coach speak. But just what do you think of that particular development that came out of Philly yesterday with the Eagles, Lou, as you know, holding the number 12 pick overall? Yeah, quite honestly, Zubin, one in one ear and out the other because it's just that. It's just coach speak. Look, I've never heard a head coach say, yeah, you know, right now here sitting in, uh, in April – you know, we've got our 22-man depth chart already carved out, and there really is no open spots. And everybody else coming in here, you're just kind of competing for backup roles. I never heard a coach say that. So I, I would expect him to come in and talk about the fact that every, every spot's going to be about competition. Competition's a big part of his philosophical mantra and part of the philosophical sell that he gave to Jeffrey Lurie and their GM. And, um, you know, quarterback is not, a, is not immune to that, is not exempt from that. And, and, and really, in this particular case, it shouldn't be. 
Look, Jalen Hurts was a rookie quarterback. He was a guy who who has a very limited resume, who has shown some flashes, but has not shown that all of a sudden now we should just kind of be banking our entire season on what he showed last year in a limited amount of time, especially given the fact that this team was so inept in many other ways. I think competition across the board is something that's important for this franchise and something they should be looking to add, whether it be through veteran acquisition or in this draft. So really it was, it was, it was kind of a nothing statement to me as far as, you know, is, is it something worthy of really being talked about and dissected? Lou, you've been in the room on draft days, helping out, figuring out who you're going to draft. What is Seriani's stance on what he said, if anything at all, say about what the Eagles' plans may be in the draft? Yeah, I think, Keyshawn, they're really just going to be trying to add a good player when it comes time to for them to pick, regardless of position. Because, look, if there was someone who they were, you know, really dialed in on, then they would have never moved back in the draft in the first place. I think right now they're just going to go, you know, in scouting speak, BPA, try to take best player available, and really just add into this roster – and try and just upgrade the level of competition across the board because, I mean, really at this point in time, given what they don't have and what they still do need, I, I don't think there's really any position that they could basically say, you know, we're, we're locked down here and we don't really need to add any good players at all. So I think it's really just one of those situations where, like all teams, they want to go into the draft not really needing anything and not really wanting to press for need. And I think with Philadelphia, because of the way their roster is right now, they can take a position anywhere. They could take a, a player at any position, rather, and feel as though they have really upgraded their football team. And that's a good spot to be in, but in their particular case, it's not because this is a team that really is lagging as far as the rest of the title contenders in the NFC is concerned. Lou, we're doing like our own mock draft here, and so we're all the way through eight picks right now, and Mac Jones has not gone in this mock draft. Um, others have gone before yeah. him. If this is reality and true, and he slides, where do you think he lands? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right now. You're in that area where I think that team up in Foxborough. I think New England is then going to start making some calls, man, and trying to figure out, okay, where do we need to go? Where does it make sense for us to move up to in order to select him? Where does it present the right kind of value for us in terms of price we're going to have to pay? given the fact that Bill's one of the most economically driven head coaches probably in the history of this game, especially in the salary cap era, and he understands market dynamics as well as anyone, and he's not going to overpay. But I think if he were to get to this spot, you know, obviously you have Denver that's sitting there at nine. I think, I think Bill would be on the phone right now trying to figure out, is he in my zone right now? Is he in the area where I'm comfortable moving up and going and get him? He won't slide. He, won't, he wouldn't slide much further, I don't believe, you know, if this were to be the scenario that plays out. Now, you know, Lewis, this this draft is a little different from any other draft that we've had before, previously because you just don't have the body of work. You don't see what players made those big jumps like Joe Burrow because a lot of guys opted out. So with that being said, do you maybe anticipate guys like Zach Ertz or maybe Orlando Brown Jr. being something that people are willing to give up a draft pick up for so they, they you know, because they feel like they don't know what's in this draft? Um, you know what? I, I think at this point in time, Bart, look, if you're, if you're a veteran that's kind of sitting out there right now or like hanging in limbo as far as what your status is going to be on, your, on the team that you're currently on, if you're still under contract to a team, or if you're a guy who's a free agent right now, 
I think there's, quite honestly, I think there's a reason, that being that teams are not that committed or not that sold on whether or not you can upgrade their team. So I, I think teams right now are very much so geared on trying, geared towards trying to figure out, you know, what kind of value does this draft present, particularly at the upper ends of the draft, the first and second round. I think when you when you start getting into third and fourth round prospects, which carry a certain degree of uncertainty anyway, and this year they're going to carry even more uncertainty because of some of the factors that you laid out. I think you're going to see teams trying to trade out of those positions to either move down where there's less risk in the draft or trade out of those positions and try and accumulate draft picks for subsequent years in 2022 and beyond because of the uncertainty. And then they will circle back on the veteran free agent market or or the veteran player acquisitions via trades because they don't like the uncertainty with some of the guys who opted out and the lack of film and, you know, and maybe the lack of one-on-one interaction with these guys. So I think if you're a vet, you're going to have to sit tight. You're just going to have to wait, wait it out right now because teams are d- definitely into draft mode. But again, this is going to be a top-heavy draft as far as teams really staying in it and trying to figure out who are the best players are. Let's just see how much action there is in rounds three, four, five, and, in three and four and five, and then see if it picks back up in six and seven. I, I would expect there to be a flurry of trade af- activity on that third day, you know, third, fourth, on that third day when you're talking about fourth, fifth, sixth rounders and seeing if teams are trying to get out of there and really just go ahead and, and saying, hey, look, Let's just put all our chips into 2022 because there's just so much unknown right now with some of these prospects. Sweet Lou, you don't know this, but I do. I just hired you as a general manager this offseason, and now you're sitting in a sweet (laughs) spot. You're sitting in a sweet spot to select the quarterback, either Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and which one are you taking? Yeah, man, I know you put this kind of question to me. You know what? I'll tell you what. I I love both of these guys, man. I, I really do. I would probably right now. I would lean towards Trey because I, I, you know, I've been around him a little bit more. I've I've gotten a little bit more intel on him. He's a guy who I think right now, based on what I'm being told, from a makeup, intelligence, football intellect, all the different kind of tests that they are giving this young man to try and determine determine what his upside ultimately will be, he is knocking at Keyshawn out the park. He really is. I mean, he is brilliant, a brilliant football mind, an untapped physical specimen that right now has such a limited resume that the sky is the limit. I think obviously some coaches, some scouts have alluded to the fact that, well, if you miss on him, you could miss big two because of the fact that he has such a limited resume and you don't know where the bottom could be. But quite honestly, I don't care about that. I wouldn't worry about that. I'd bet on the upside with this young man because of how he's wired, because of how football smart he is, because of all the things that the people in North Dakota state say about him. And he would be the one I would push my chips in on. And that's not to, disparage Justin Fields at all, who I think is going to be a fantastic pro. Both of these guys need more time. Both of these guys need to go to good, good organizations, good situations with great, uh, a great surrounding support staff as far as ownership, head coach, general manager, and the players that they're around. But Trey Lance, I think, is going to be spectacular. Mm. I really do hope. It bears, you know, it, it plays out that way. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I know you were there at his pro day, and obviously he wowed you and others. We'll see what happens a week from tonight when the draft is on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Lou, thank you very much. It's a lot. You bet. Take care, guys. You got it. Still to come on the way. What do LeBron James and Brett Favre have in common? We'll dig into that after he's got this from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Have a red table for that. Or your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't compromise your visibility with streaks or smearing on your windows. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
Zubin. The professional parts people will help you navigate their wide selection to find just the right wiper blades for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts will even install your wiper blades free of charge. Zubin. See better and drive safer with your new wiper blades at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Justice was done. It's hard to celebrate because it doesn't bring back George Floyd. You know, hopefully this will send a message. You you just have to do right. We're going to hold you accountable no matter who you are. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. Obviously, the verdict that is being discussed there is the verdict in the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin trial, which concluded on Tuesday. You heard Stan Van Gundy at the top. He's the head coach of the Pelicans, one of 10 teams that actually took the floor the day of the verdict. And from a timing perspective, the latest incident involving gun violence, white police officer, uh, African-American woman, took place just minutes before the verdict in the trial came down in Minneapolis. We'll stay in the Midwest. I'm going to run down the details real quick. LeBron James weighed in as you expect he might. He certainly hasn't been shy about weighing in on matters like this, but there's a little bit of a twist here and we'll get the fellow's opinions on it. Then some comments from Brett Farb as well, if you can hang on for this segment. This happened in Columbus, Ohio. So we go from Minneapolis to Columbus, stay in the Midwest on Tuesday. Michael Woods, who's the interim police chief of Columbus, Ohio, has essentially released all the body cam footage from everything I'm about to talk about, not to mention the emergency 911 call that was made. You can easily find it online. I was looking for it this morning. So this happens on Tuesday. A chaotic type scene on the city's southeast side. Again, we're talking about Columbus, Ohio. Officer Nicholas Reardon, white male with the police department since December of 2019, arrives at the scene. There's a physical altercation taking place involving several people. If you look at the video, it looks like there's seven people in a driveway and all sorts of chaos is unfolding. Micaiah Davenport, a 16-year-old African-American woman, is seen swinging a knife at someone else. Situation sort of devolves from there. The officer gets involved, shouts several times, and eventually does fire four shots. Bryant is hit, crumples to the floor, taken to the hospital, and she died there at the hospital. LeBron James heard about this, essentially what I just mentioned to you and weighed in on Twitter and all he did is in a tweet showed a photo of the officer Nicholas Reardon along with the caption quote you're next hashtag accountability and it had an hourglass emoji emoji included as if to say time is running out 
Well, as you might imagine, that garnered some level of backlash. So LeBron deleted that tweet and put these two tweets forward. I just want to mention LeBron, I think maybe in haste or typing this really quickly, maybe left out a couple of words here. So I'm going to take the liberty just to put this out in front. I'm going to just take the liberty of cleaning up and mentioning exactly what LeBron probably meant to type. It's just important here because every letter of everything is so important in issues like this. LeBron essentially meaning to type, and this is just a very small alteration. Anger does not do any of us any good, and that includes myself. Gathering all the facts and educating does, though. My anger is still here for what happened to that little girl, my sympathy for her family, and may justice prevail. He then put out this second tweet. I'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police. I took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate. This isn't about one officer. It's about the entire system. And they always use our words to create more racism. I am so desperate for more. And he then put in all capital letters the word accountability. Key, Bart, weigh in. And then we'll have a secondary issue surrounding Brett Favre and some of his latest comments. Well, I mean, you read exactly how LeBron James feels. And I feel the same way. Um, you know, given that every circumstance is different. And when you're frustrated, much like LeBron James is in these situations, you sometimes at that moment may tweet out some things or say some things that you have to take a moment to think about. And he deleted that tweet, and then he put out a tweet that was probably, you know, uh, says the message says something a little bit different. More measured. More measured. But he is right. When you look at – some of these television networks, man, I ain't going to say them. You know who they are. They like to keep the flames going. They like to keep pushing these narratives about certain stereotypes and races, racism and all those sort of things. For whatever reason, they do it. They do it for whatever. They like to do those things. And so to keep the noise down, he issued a second and third tweet. And, and he's right. You know, you get tired of watching Black and brown people gunned down in the streets for whatever reasons. Like we get, we talk about this every single damn day. It's like, come on now, let's stop talking about it. Stop, stop talking about it, but we're not going to stop talking about it because it's going to keep happening. And until something seriously happens and, and, and you look at the Darren Chauvin situation, that's just a start in this process. But now you got to gather all the facts of everything else that just happened to this young lady. And then from there, you move on to the next, and that's where we are. Bart. It's just fatigue, right? As an African-American, it's just fatigue. It's like you don't really get a break. You have to deal with the um, you know, social injustice. You think about the inequality, the, the pay gap. You, you, know, you think about you know, the disparity and, and what's happening with the pandemic and how it you know, affects African-Americans. You just never get a break, and you, know, you hope that you could get a break after the, after the Chauvin uh, verdict. But then right again, here's another shooting in your face. Now, I think it's very important that um, LeBron understands his power, right? LeBron is one of the most influential people, not just athletes in, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And his words matter because some people may not – they take his words, they're not going to go do their research. So it's important that he gathers the facts for the people that follow him because they're just going to follow what he says sometimes blindly. So it was important for him to go back, gather some of the information so that he can make a, a well-informed tweet – which is measured and not going to create excitement. Okay, Bart, speaking of Chauvin, the day after the conviction of Chauvin, Brett Favre said he didn't think former uh, Minneapolis police officer Chauvin meant to kill George Floyd, saying on the Bowling with Favre podcast, quote, 
I find it hard to believe, and I'm not defending Derek Chauvin in any way. I find it hard to believe, first of all, that he intentionally meant to kill George Floyd. He said that on the Bowling with Favre podcast. Brett added, that being said, his actions were uncalled for. You might recall Favre last week said he wanted politics out of sports because it believed it was hurting games and agreed with people that (laughs) are saying people aren't watching sports anymore because sports and politics are intertwined. What do you think about that? I mean, sports have always been part of that. I mean, just think about what Muhammad Ali stood for. Just think about what Lou Alcindor stood for, what Jim Brown stood for. Kaepernick. I think it's always been about that, right? And I think, you know, you don't worry about in the moment. You worry about being on the right side of history um, and doing the right thing. And I think that Brett Favre has just been in – not informing, you would think that he would have more empathy. The fact that he played with a lot of African-American people that have been dealing with these systemic issues their entire life. You think that he would have more empathy and understanding, but clearly he was just playing with them. He wasn't friends with them. Brett Favre said that he didn't think that intentionally, intentionally. that he killed him intentionally, but yes. the 12 jurors did. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And those are the 12 men. And <laughs> that's all, that's so, all I need to say. I don't need to a, say nothing else. As a rational person, man, like if somebody stops moving, you're still there. You may not intentionally mean to do it, but you didn't do it. I don't, you, you didn't intentionally not mean to kill him. I don't need to go any further. The 12 jurors spoke, Brett, and yeah. that's all that Brett, Brett needs his copper fit. I don't know. Get some brain waves Those are the voices on, that so. matter. Stop. And to Bart's point, oftentimes Stop. people that take tune in to Bart like Hahn because I'm gonna I'm lay in the bread. I'm gonna lay back. This well, you time. do that on your show. Long after they pass, 12, 12 people realize they were correct. More KJZ on the way. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.